Hello, thanks for listening to the Total Knee Tips and Pearls podcast. This is Adam Rosen, your host. I'm a fellowship-trained orthopedic surgeon who specializes in joint replacement. In these episodes, I'm going to share with you a lot of my tips and tricks and review classic articles and current implant designs. Thanks for tuning in and on with the show. Hello and welcome back. This is Adam Rosen and you're listening to the Total Need Tips and Pearls podcast. Well, today I'm essentially just going to wrap up season one. I had this algorithm uh, of talking you through uh, the entire thought process from beginning to end. And uh, I'm going to basically go back and just review some of those things today. So, you know, if you haven't, um, and I'm sure some of you may have jumped right into the surgical aspects um, in the beginning I've actually thought about going back and redoing it as uh, those first episodes were, you know, my introduction to learning how to use the equipment and podcast. But I think just for completeness sake, I'm going to leave all that stuff there. And, uh, you know, hopefully um, I feel that uh, things have gotten a little cleaner as we've moved on. I've gotten used to talking into this microphone and I think you'll find the information helpful. Um, You know, as a review in the beginning, we talked about non-surgical treatment options and it's always important to you know, review with your patients and put them through a pretty good non-surgical treatment option because, you know, not everybody needs or is ready for a knee replacement just because they have knee pain. You know, then the next most important thing is we talked about who to operate on because although somebody may have severe arthritis on x-ray, they may have medical comorbidities or other issues that may not make them an optimal surgical candidate. So you have to understand who to operate on and when to operate on them. Uh, But the other important thing is once you choose who to operate on, is making sure that you've given good informed consent, that the patient understands what they're getting themselves into and what the importance of the postoperative physical therapy is and what the normal form and function of that total knee replacement uh, will be so that they don't have unrealistic expectations that leave you with a dissatisfied patient. You know, we talked then about going through the pre-op optimization protocol to make sure that anything that can be modified or corrected or fixed prior to surgery is done in the attempt to decrease the risk of postoperative complications. Uh, And then beyond that, we went into how you organize yourself for surgery, making sure that you have the right implants, uh, that you have the room set up uh, before you actually even start the operation. And then there were a number of episodes where I really went into detail, you know, about the approach and having a very algorithmic approach for how you approach both varus knees and valgus knees, how they're similar, how they're different. And then we also went into specific detail about the bone cuts on the patella, the femur, uh, the tibia, uh, the balancing, the cementing, and then the closure. But, you know, the important tips and the things that you may hear me talk about over and over again are to make sure that you have a reproducible good outcome is to really understand where you can go wrong. So those big issues that we know about with regards to how you can malposition a knee replacement really begin with the intramedullary holes, their location and placement, especially if you're using intramedullary devices on the femur and the tibia, Uh, but also pinning the block that you may have a tendency with the drill to alter the block position. So although the block is set up correctly as you pin it, you may induce flexion or extension or varus or valgus. And then the saw cut, you know, with the saw cut itself, you are at risk of creating a abnormal cut, which again can lead to varus or valgus or flexion or extension, depending on which cut you're talking about. 
And then even the act of implantation and cementing, that you can alter the alignment again there with impacting down into soft bone um, or not making sure that you're seated correctly with the cement, leaving too much of a cement mantle um, or holding it into extension, which can create abnormal slope in your tibia. So being aware of all of those things throughout the entire case where you could potentially um, cause some change which could lead to malposition, that's a really, really important thing to be aware of. And then again, don't be so concerned about the time. You know, I see a lot of young doctors that are really focused on how fast they can do the procedure. And at the end of the day, you don't want to have a very fast tourniquet time and a terrible total knee. You know, you want to have a great total knee. And what that will come with is time and muscle memory. And as you develop the muscle memory from repetition and develop more efficient techniques, you'll see your surgical times go down simply because you have better, more purposeful movements. You know, and the one thing that I always talk to people about in the beginning, a great simple way to really focus on that, which may take a number of cases, is that every time that you hand off an instrument, because there's a lot of exchange of instruments and tools during the total knee replacement, but every time that you put an instrument back on the Mayo or hand it back to your scrub tech, stop and pause. Do not come back to the surgical field until you know what the next step is and the next instrument for that next step is in your hand. And that act of that purposeful movement will eliminate a lot of unnecessary back and forths throughout the case. So the idea of slow is smooth and smooth is fast, that you will make a more efficient procedure in your hands just by being more purposeful. Um, and then we also talked about the the idea of post-operative pain control to really limit um, or try to eliminate the use of narcotics by using uh, nerve blocks and the idea of scheduled non-narcotic medication. And then lastly, we talked in the last few episodes about physical therapy, the importance of range of motion, especially early flexion and extension, early range of motion, you know, followed by gaining strengthening, you know, and lastly, developing stamina and endurance. And that really kind of goes through the whole, you know, nuts and bolts of total knee replacement from the patient initially showing up in your office with a complaint of knee pain all the way through the three-month follow-up. And I hope that you've found that helpful and you know picked up a couple tips and pearls, just anything that you can learn that I can share with you that really just helps you help one person out there obtain something better out of their total knee replacement. Uh, now, in the next season, I'm really going to start to jump around a little bit. So, you know, people that I've talked to, um, some interesting topics that they want to hear about, um, we'll obviously talk about revisions. And, you know, one of the big things that I think is extremely important um, in revisions is restoring the joint line. You know, and I'll tell you kind of my story and history of, you know, what I used to do and, you know, what I do now and how I think what I do now is better. Um, we'll also talk about the ever important workup of the painful total knee. So these patients that show up in your office with a complaint of pain from a total knee replacement, and we'll go through that whole process and algorithm of things to look for and what to watch out for. Um, infections, which is luckily a very small percent of the complications that are out there, but still a major issue that we have to deal with. Um, so we'll talk a little bit about infections. Um, and as the, uh, the other big issue that we're seeing with revisions, you know, with the aging population and osteoporosis are periprosthetic fractures, you know, and things that we can do with the different types of periprosthetics 
um, and whether or not you can you know retain the implant or whether or not you need to convert to a distal femoral replacement or a hinge or something uh, thereof, depending on the fracture pattern. Uh, and then again, if you have specific topics that you think um, you would want to hear more about, you know, shoot me an email, uh, DM me on Twitter, um, let me know what topics you want to hear, and I'll try to incorporate that in the second season. And again, thanks for listening. Um, if you found this helpful, please uh, share the podcast with your colleagues. And until next time, I'm Adam Rosen. You've been listening to the Total Knee Tips and Pearls podcast. You've been listening to the Total Knee Tips and Pearls podcast. Make sure that you're subscribed so you'll be notified of future episodes. And please take the time to leave a review. It helps other people like you find the show. Until next time, stay safe.